I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. This is one of your co-hosts, Isaac Harris. I am a writer at maps.com, co-host of this podcast, obviously for the past four years, almost four years with Nick, uh, hosting this Mavericks podcast every single day, five days a week, sometimes six days a week, every single post game. And tonight, the Lucas Mavericks lost to the Pacers. Kind of frustrating just for the fact that Luka didn't play, but we kind of got a little insight to that. Uh, what coming out of the All Star break? I think when we heard you know Rick Carlisle talk about have these kind of uh, these games scheduled. You know we saw that OKC game that so many people were frustrated about, uh, in in which and you know the Mavericks rested both Luca KP. They they lose to a Thunder team that is uh, going to be in the lottery. Uh, safe to say that probably. And a lot of us got upset about it. I'm like, dang, this is, you know, this is a team that's fighting for one of these last playoff spots. This is a team that's fighting for, uh, you know, to be in the top six and to try to avoid this play-in tournament and uh, for them to kind of give up these games uh, in a way to an OKC team. I, I could see how it could be a little frustrating for some people, uh, but I kind of understand it too because you have to go into this final stretch, this second half. I'm doing air quotes on that because it's not really the second half. Uh, of the season and try to manage these minutes, right? I mean, the number one goal going into the playoffs is to have a healthy Mavericks team, have a healthy KP, a healthy Luka Doncic, because without uh, those guys, especially Luka, you're not going to go anywhere or even have the chance to go anywhere. So for Dallas, you know, it, it comes out about an hour or so before the game. I had a, had a good friend that went to the game tonight, and he was uh, one of those uh, people uh, who were like, dang, my first and only Mavs game of the year, Luka isn't playing. So I was, I was uh, sad for him, but Luka was out tonight for back lower back tightness. He was there on the bench uh, the entire game uh, in his uh, Jordan attire because he is a company man. And, uh, yeah, had some cool sweatpants on. Um, I enjoy – so when I'm uh, – I was in the arena tonight and, yeah, for this marvelous game. And I love one of the biggest things because, obviously, right now, as media, we can't go into locker rooms. We can't talk to players and, you know, outside of the Zoom sessions. And uh, so one of the the only advantages of being at games right now is just watching. I'm a big body language guy, and I love watching the interactions between the team. And just to see Luca. You know, as this leader of the team, you know, not even playing, but I thought it was really cool just to see him, you know, be the first guy up off the bench when timeouts are called or, you know, when, when Tim threw that dunk, you know, flying through the lane, he was the first guy up cheering on the team. And, you know, I've seen him during timeouts. He was interacting with Tyler Bay and some of the, you know, the rookies on the team. And I enjoyed that. And I enjoy seeing Luca take on that role and joking with Boban, even though I want to see him in that, in this game, because I get it. I get how it can be frustrating because with Luca Doncic, they probably win this game. You know, the Pacers hit an, a million threes tonight. They hit 20 threes. They were 20 of 47 from the three point line, 42% on the night. 
you compare that to where Dallas uh, was when they finished the game, 8 of 35 on the night. That's 22% for you math nerds out there. Uh, Not very good. And it felt like the Pacers were just hitting every single thing that they threw up. Ex-Maverick. Uh, Doug McDermott, I was joking with Bobby at the game tonight, man, we, we both love McDermott and, uh, we miss McDermott on this team. How good would Doug McDermott be on this team right now? Another floor spacer. Uh, but yeah, he hit four threes tonight, four of six from three Malcolm Brogdon, a guy that I mean, we've been hyping up. We hyped up before the deadline. Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, we're like, man, if, if Indiana just, you know, decides to fire sale, please sign us up for the Malcolm Brogdon sweepstakes. But you saw how good he is tonight. I mean, he's 6 of 9 from 3, 7 of 13 from the field, 22 points. Uh, he joined their all-star, Demonis Sabonis, who had 22 and 15. I thought there was a, a little bit of a confusing thing defensively. This was, this was one of the things at the beginning. Uh, we know that KP is not the biggest, uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this, uh, the biggest person to, you know, kind of go out and defend the three-point line. Um, yeah, best way for me to say that. And, you know, they had they had KP on Sabonis, uh, or they had KP on Turner a lot of the night and had Maxi on Sabonis. And therefore, it was, you know, pulling KP from the basket. And I thought at times that, you know, they would switch that up a little bit and put Maxi out on Turner, even though Turner didn't hit a ton of, you know, he hit, well, he did hit three threes in this game. But, it was pulling KP a little bit more away from the basket. So I thought they would switch that and put KP on Sabonis, but they didn't. Uh, but I do want to praise KP because one, this is going to be a short pod. It's a weekend pod. I think Nick and I are going to start doing, uh, trying to, uh, protect our, uh, mental health on some of these things. And, uh, maybe not do six pods a week and maybe try to do five. Uh, but also some of these week pods, uh, weekend pods, try to do some, uh, shorter pods for the people. But I want to praise KP because I thought KP had an incredible night. You look at his numbers across the board. He had 31 points, 18 rebounds, 3 of 9 from 3, 12 of 28 from the field, 4 of 6 from the free throw line. I thought he played great. And I thought he had energy. I mean, that that opening you know sequence uh, of when he was scoring the basketball, just it felt like at will. You're like, oh, okay, we see you, KP. We see you that Luca's not playing. You have the ball. You're scoring and you're playing well. Uh, Lockdown Pacers host Tony East. He's like, man, if you know when he tweeted out something, he's like, good Porzingis. When Porzingis is on, he's unstoppable. And it felt like that early on. He had some blocks tonight. He had a chase down block on on Brogdon against the backboard. I thought was incredible. He had a putback dunk on an offensive board. I, I yeah, I mean, in 18 boards tonight, I thought he played uh, pretty well. It, it's just the supporting cast, right? I mean, this is the the whole thing that we have been talking about for this Mavericks team when Luca is not playing. What does the supporting cast look like? And yeah, the, a lot of the supporting cast fell flat tonight. I mean, you look at Tim Hardaway was a minus 20 tonight in this game. He had 16 points, but you know, Trey Burke, Dwight Powell, both of those guys struggled a lot tonight. They, they did. I mean, Trey Burke played 17 minutes and he was a minus seven. He had six points, 0 of one from, from three. And I, he struggled. <laughs> that, that, that's the, you know, to say the least on that. And that, you know, KP just needed a little bit more consistency from a second guy in this game, or maybe even a third guy to have a shot at winning it. And, you know, they, they cut it to what, four or six points there in the second half. They got a little close and you're like, all right, got a little hope in this. 
and then they just kept on raining threes. And you know, when an opposing team hits twenty threes and you hit eight, and you know that that pretty much decided the game in that. So let's take a quick break, and then I want to come back and actually talk about what I think is the real story of the night. I don't even think the real story of the night is uh, is the basketball game. I think the real story of the night was some comments and everything said before the game from Donnie Nelson and Rick Carlisle, both of them who I asked a question tonight about the addition of J.J. Redick. We've been telling you about Built Bar for a while now. It's the best tasting protein bar for, on the market for a while. Built Bar is amazing. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. It's amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Nick and I, man, we hype up this bar for so long. You guys have been listening to the podcast. You know that we love Built Bar. It's not just an ad that they hey they they pay us to talk about Bill Bar. No, these things are legit. I mean, uh, I'm not a big fan of the puffs, but the the cool thing about Bill Bar is they have so many di- different variations of their product that it's impossible for you to not find at least something or some variation that you like. And I love the I I love the normal bars. I love the normal consistency consistency of those. I love the coconut brownie chunk bars which it's harder to find them in stock but right now they recently sent me a box with the birthday cake and uh that's pretty legit so make sure you go buy that but now is the time to find out which built bar is the best it is built bar madness go check out the built bar bracket as we're determining which bars are the best in the whole network we've all been debating about it and uh we have our uh, favorites for sure but remember to use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order that is locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar go to builtbar.com or at built underscore bar uh, on twitter Guys, uh, make sure you are in the draft season here coming up in a month or so as Locked On NBA Draft. Uh, man, they're getting going. Mavs Draft, a friend of the pod, friend of Mavs Twitter. He is a part of this. He, I think he's on Tuesdays. I think so. Tuesday or Wednesday, one of those. Uh, but he's a part of this. Guy, we have a, a great group of people who are heading this podcast. Get more analysis on top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Man, you'll get scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, all of it uh, if you love the NBA Draft. So make sure you're following Locked On NBA Draft. All right, let's get back to actually the story of the night. I think the story of the night is Donnie Nelson's comments about J.J. Redick. And the addition to him, you know, Donnie normally uh, talks to us media right after the trade deadline. Uh, I shot a text and asked somebody, uh, you know, if, if Donnie was going to talk, I guess, deadline day. Uh, and, you know, it was set up that he was going to talk pregame uh, for us tonight before the Pacers game. And so he talked to us around 630 and we all took some questions uh, threw some questions at him just about the deadline, the buyout market. Uh, but mainly the addition of Reddick. You know, when your team makes a trade, it's about the players you sent out, but it's also about the player that you add. And the J.J. Reddick situation with his injury is is another situation that we've all been trying to monitor because he has this non-surgical procedure on his, you know, for something in his heel back in early March. We've been trying to figure out, man, what is about, what's the timetable on that? So Donnie says before the game, he has no timetable for J.J. Reddick's uh, return from that injury. He says Reddick uh, himself 
has no timetable for the return of that injury. And that, that's going to impact when he joins the team. That was another thing thrown at Donnie was, you know, when are these guys going to join the Mavericks? You know, especially with Dallas, if you're listening to this on Saturday, they're on their way to New Orleans. You know, that well, they went to New Orleans last night after the game. They play the Pelicans later tonight. But, you know, he said Nico Melli will, will join the Mavericks in, in New Orleans, and a natural thing for him since he's already there. But he said they'll have to wait and see with Redick. And, you know, he has a relationship, uh, JJ does, with Casey Smith, uh, which we all know heads the medical department there for, you know, for the Mavs. And that relationship uh, between Smith and and Reddick goes back to their Team USA days. So uh, he's just said they're going to be in a a lot of communication just on what that rehab looks like uh, for Reddick and just uh, that procedure that he had done and just getting him, you know, with the team and back on on the court. But there's no timetable for that. And, you know, I saw some quotes. uh, I was traveling to the game or driving to the game tonight, so I didn't see the Fox Sports Southwest segment with Mark Stein. So I went back and watched it, and I thought that was really telling that, you know, Mark Stein says on there, he says, you know, Dallas didn't get a chance to really examine and look at his medicals, Reddick's medicals, uh, before the trade because of the timing of it. And I know Nick and I said on this podcast, we're like, oh, you know, if they made that trade, then they missed a note. We were wrong. Like, I, I'll take that. We, we were wrong on that because of the timing of that deal. You know, and Stein says in that pregame, you know, segment with Fox Sports Southwest that it went right up into the deadline. And Dallas was so persistent on wanting to get off the the James Johnson contract, not really get off. That was a bad wording of it, but use that contract to upgrade the roster because they knew James Johnson kind of fallen out of the rotation. So they wanted to use that contract to get somebody in the rotation, somebody on the roster that can be a part and play some meaningful minutes. And, you know, he said what we had speculated on that Dallas was trying to be a third team in some of these bigger deals, maybe Cal Lowry or Aaron Gordon, whoever it was trying to be a third team to grab one of those other players. But, you know, Dallas wasn't able to pull it off. If they were in that Lowry thing that we speculated on or we might think that they were, you know, I think Sam Amick of The Athletic said that, you know, Philly and, and Toronto was close and Danny Green would have had to go to a third team. Ding, ding, ding. That's what we, Nick and myself, think Dallas was that third team. Uh, but that's not sourced or anything. And, you know, Lowry obviously ended up staying put. So then, bam. Dallas at the last moment swings for this J.J. Redick deal, and it's almost a, hey, we're going to take the chance on this type of deal. So I I think it it sprinkles a little bit of uh, water on the excitement, I guess, on the addition, just because we don't know what that timetable looks like. We don't know the full extent of that injury and what it all entails, and you hope that uh, J.J. will be able to join the team at some point in the near future. I mean, here's, here's my way of thinking about it. If the Nets and these contenders were ready to sign Reddick because of all the reports heading into the deadline, if they're ready to add him here in the next few weeks, then I feel like you know they were pretty confident in where he was at. So that's where I'm leaning. That's off, <laughs> also an optimistic side of Isaac for you, which uh, you get a lot of the times. But I, I think it was also important what I just kind of alluded to that Donnie recognized that this wasn't J.J. Reddick's preference. You know, that we, a lot of you listen to this podcast, you read all the reports going into the deadline. You read the same reports or heard the same podcast that I did that JJ was ready to be bought out. JJ was ready to go East Coast. JJ was ready 
maybe to go to Brooklyn where he has a home and all of that. So I, I think you know, for Donnie to you know, even admit that, articulate that in his, you know, media session today. I thought that was, um, you know, it, notable, I guess, maybe important, but more notable just that he said, he's like, you know, I, his, you know, I think his preference was the buyout market so he could pick his uh, destination. But on a positive note, he said, he talked to JJ. Rick has talked to JJ a few times and he said, Reddick's excited to join this Mavericks team. And on top of that, he said, you know, Luca's excited about it. He said, Luca and Reddick have already been texting. He said, Dirk has even been in contact with JJ Reddick and has been texting. Is that not the coolest thing? The fact that Dirk is just like lingering in the shadows saying, hey, I'll, I'll talk to players here and there, wherever you need me. You know, we haven't seen him at games. We haven't seen Dirk in, in a while. And the fact that he's he still has that presence. He's always going to have the presence around the franchise. He's always the GOAT of Dallas and, and all of that. But just to, just to hear that, I think that was my favorite things of this Donnie media session that, okay, Dirk's still playing a role. And, and I love that. I, I love every bit of that. So, yeah. So just summing up the J.J. Reddick stuff. It wasn't his preference. Donnie admitted it, that it wasn't his preference to go to Dallas or anywhere else via trade. He wanted to be bought out. He wanted to go pick his destination. He wanted to probably win a title. I mean, because Brooklyn is probably going to be in the in the, in the NBA Finals, and you can't blame him for that. And there's no timetable for his recovery and his you know his return from his injury. So I know it... it uh, like I said, I think I said a while ago, it sprinkles a little bit of water on the, the whole Reddick edition, but I think we can still be excited about it. I, it, it does sound like he's going to join the team. It does sound like he's going to play some type of role. You know, I asked uh, Rick Carlisle, you know, before the game, I asked him, you know, what does somebody like that, his experience, his playoff experience give to a team like this? And Carlisle just raved about it and just, you know, speculating like how many games he's played his playoff games is probably a hundred. I think Rick said he thinks it's a hundred, uh, but just that experience and how he preps for games and how, you know, he can just be talking to the team as a leader and, and all of that. But he also said, you know, to have a guy like that in a rotation for this playoff stretch and to make a playoff run, he's like, you know, that's what we brought him on to be a part of. So I, I think we can, we can be super excited about it. I think we can raise a little bit of red flags just because of the timetable stuff, but also be excited uh, for the addition of a vet and another shooter around Luca because you can never have enough shooters. So, guys, tomorrow night or tonight they play the Pelicans, and Nick will be post game on that. And then for Monday morning's pod, I think we're gonna uh, dive into a lot more of these Donnie Nelson quotes. Man, some of them uh, were good. I asked Donnie a question about the difference between building around Luca and Dirk that I want. Uh, uh, Nick and myself to kind of uh, uh, sift through and talk about that. He was asked about the buyout market and what bigs you know they could be interested in and kind of their mindset on that. Uh, he was asked about the, just the trade deadline in general, uh, them prioritizing or going after a shooter instead of a rebounder, and he talked about that and rotation. Yeah, and just, uh, yeah, some comments about just upcoming free agency, you know, with Luca's extension. A lot of good stuff. I think we're going to have audio for all of that on Monday's pod. We'll record that sometime Sunday night, and that'll be the main for focus uh, for our podcast on Monday. But, yeah, guys, peace out. Boom.